Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Catch Caught podcast. This week, we have our guest, Claire, from Adventuring with Claire. And she's going to share with us her stories um, across her travels and her life. Um, and she is currently over in the US and has come back from Southeast Asia. And um, welcome, Claire. How are you doing today? Hi. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. So do you want to tell everybody whereabouts you are? And yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now I am back in the States. I'm in Colorado. This is where I'm originally from. So I've been connecting up with my family and friends since I've been gone for pretty much the past two years. So um, yeah, just catching up with everyone, staying here until the holidays are over and then going to keep going. Wow. And by holidays, do you mean um, Christmas or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I found um, the last two years I've lived in very, very tropical climates uh, over Christmas time. And I really, really missed the snow during Christmas. So that was pretty much the only time that I got homesick was during Christmas. So I'm like, okay, I need to stay, get my fix and then I can go out again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's mad. I went to Australia one year. I have family there and we were having barbecues and we were going for like run like jogs and swims and I was like this feels so this doesn't feel right <laughs> I meant to be in a coat and a scarf yes um, exactly exactly yeah. and what kind of like how did you lead up to actually leaving to go travel were you in a like a nine to five or did you get a burst or how did you get the push Yeah. So it's kind of, it's been kind of leading up over the years. Um, I went to grad school for audiology. And while I was in grad school is I developed a love for traveling and scuba diving. And uh, so any break that I had from school, I was out adventuring, doing something else. And then as soon as I graduated, I think I kind of went crazy with my new freedom of being able to travel whenever, wherever. I went on like a month long trip to Belize to do a marine conservation trip. And coming back from that, I was like, I need to, I need to be scuba diving all the time. I don't want this to just be a hobby anymore. So I worked as an audiologist for like five months and saved as much as I could. Um, then, um, I sold everything. I sold my house, my car, and almost everything that I owned and just moved to Mexico. Um, so because I found a, um, a scuba, a scuba instructor internship where I could work for them for six months. And then it's like, they would trade off and give me my instructor certification. So yeah, I did that and worked in Mexico for six months and then was like, okay, I want to keep this going now. And so then I started traveling. Um, I worked in Sardinia for a while and then finally got over to Thailand. And after I worked in Thailand for about six months, then I had saved up enough to kind of go backpacking around the rest of Southeast Asia. But yeah, it was kind of just building up because I loved, I love the ocean so much and being in a a landlocked state like Colorado. I was like, okay, I can't, I can't live here anymore. I need to be next to the ocean at all times. Yeah. And you'd wonder, do you think like your neighbors say if somebody hadn't traveled, do they know that they're missing that? Do you think? 
Yeah, I don't I don't think so. It's uh, coming f- from the United States. Actually, there's not a significant amount of people who have ever been like overseas. And so it's like you don't really know what you're missing until you experience it. And so I would say like a lot of people here kind of look at me like I'm crazy <laughs> for doing this, but it's just because they they haven't experienced it themselves. I really think that if more people would travel abroad and um, experience it for themselves, they would understand it more. Mm. And which island were you down in Mexico? Were you in Cozumel or somewhere else? Um, close. I was in I was in Playa del Carmen, but um, yeah. I did go diving a few times in Cozumel. Yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. I went diving out there and I was getting one of my certs and the instructor like basically got us lost. He was like, I don't know where we're going. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> we ended up coming up in a netted area that had um the nurse sharks, but of course at the time I was so new to it and I was like, whoa, like all these sharks, yeah. you know? And he was like, it's okay, they're netted in, but like we popped up out of nowhere and had to come in off a strand somewhere else. And I was like, I think my instructor, oh, I don't know if he's that good. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they were part of the the internship that I did. Maybe it was oh. it was a newbie. <laughs> oh my god. No, he was quite old. He was quite um, Oh really? you know, uh, you know, settled there on the island. But I was just like, oh, oh, we got the compass wrong. Interesting. Lucky we didn't come up in the net, even though I know they wouldn't do anything. But still, like when you're new to it and then you see sharks. Right. Yes. Know. Yeah, that's always sharks are like my favorite thing in the oh. world. It, it used to be like, again, because coming from a landlocked state, it's like there was just so much unknown about the ocean because like we never see it. And so for most of my life, I was very, very scared of the ocean and especially sharks. And then it was after I started scuba diving and just learning more about them and just how uh, misunderstood they are. I was, it like completely did a flip and they're just like my favorite thing in the world now. And so, yeah, as a scuba instructor now, I make it like my primary goal. Like I'm going to teach all my students about sharks and just really try and, and get it out there, get less people afraid of them, I guess. Just, yeah. Cause they're just, they're amazing. And what would you say for anybody listening? Like one of the most coolest things about sharks Oh, let's see. I have so much. I I can talk for about sharks for okay. For, <laughs> Give us their top three. <laughs> let's see. Um, like you think like fun facts about sharks or like reasons not to be afraid of sharks. Uh, like fun facts, and then we'll do our reasons. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> um, let's see. First, I would say. My one of my favorite sharks is the thresher shark, and it's it has a really really long tail. It's about the size of its entire body, and it actually hunts by using its tail as a whip. Um, so it like whips it over its back and stuns fish, and then can go up and just and just eat the fish. Um, let's see. Another fun fact is that I what I was told is you have a higher chance of walking along the beach and having a coconut fall on your head than you do of having a negative encounter with a shark in the ocean. It's like we we experience we are swimming with sharks unknowingly all the time. And just they're so good at recognizing that we're not their food source that they just swim away and we just don't know. So it's just it's extremely extremely rare 
to have a bad encounter with a shark. Um, let's see another another fun fact. Oh well, this is a cool thing. I guess if you go if you go diving in Playa del Carmen in Mexico around November December, it is bull shark season there, and all of the pregnant females come into the little channel in between Playa del Carmen and Cozumel. And they're very, very docile. And so they go swimming with them all the time. And so you just go down, swim with the bull sharks. They get really close. They just want to check you out. And if they come swimming close to you, they say, just kind of dip off to the side, let them pass. And then you're good. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. How big are the bull sharks? Um, I would say, I think they're three to three to four meters I think okay mm-hmm. yep and they're I did the whale sharks they were pretty big wow. yeah those are huge very yeah. huge also a really good place to see them is in Mexico Mexico is just it has so much it is oh. amazing yeah yeah it, it took me I've been I was searching for whale sharks for about three years and went to about four different countries trying to find them and was always just either just missing the season or it was just a bad season, things like that. So it took me a long time to finally swim with them. And I finally found them in the Philippines. <laughs> wow. Have you seen, have you swam with hammerheads? No, that is next on the list. I um, am planning a trip to the Bahamas in March. Um, in the Bahamas, there it's really popular to go um, diving with tiger sharks and hammerhead sharks and March is kind of where the seasons overlap. So I'm planning to head out there and see what I can find. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I went to the Galapagos to swim with them. And, um, the first day I went out, I didn't see them and I was so upset coming back and they were like, Oh, you, you can come out again tomorrow if you want. So I was like, okay. I was like, can you give me a discount? <laughs> so I'm back out the next day and I, there was like seven of them. Oh my gosh. I never forget the eyes at the side. It was like amazing. And the guys were just banging the tanks. They were like, look. <laughs> what amazing. what time of, um, what season did you go? Or what, what type of time of year? I was there in um, June, I'd say. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I'm... I'm planning a um, a group trip right now. Oh, I'm just in the beginning process of it, but the it looks like I am going to the Galapagos <gasps> in yeah. June. Oh no way! Oh, so was, so, so it was on um, which island was it again? Hold on, was it um, San Cristobal? I think. Yeah. Okay, me. I I think that's on that's on the itinerary to go. Yeah. Isabella is like, un- like very untouched. Oh. My we gosh, took bicycles and went up like to the black part of the island and just so untouched to see it in its most purest form, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Did you get to see the penguins there? Yeah. And we were swimming with them. They were so fast. I was like, boom, boom. I was like, oh my God, it's a penguin. It just went, you know? Oh, they're so fast. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. Amazing. So, um, uh, yeah. So I'm planning that. Hopefully, um, the trip launches on Monday. Okay. So, so yeah, people can start booking on Monday. So super. So will they meet you there or do they fly with you there? Um, we'll all meet 
in the Galapagos. Um, so yeah, we, we give them like, Hey, you need to fly, fly to this Island. And then we meet there on this day. And then after that, everything is taken care of. And so it's already been planned. How long is it your trip? Seven days. Cool. So yeah, we're going, cause there's like three major islands, right? I, I guess I haven't yeah. done, I'm not, I haven't been there, so I'm not super. Yeah. Three major. Yeah. 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 So we're going to all three, um, for, to, to tour around for those seven days. And I did managed to get some scuba diving set in there so getting it's like a it's like a scuba diver scuba diver's paradise over there so it's been on my bucket list for a long time divine yeah it's it's unbelievable like if there was one place i'd go back to it'd be there really oh yeah when people ask me where's your place i was like they're like the galapagos oh my god for wildlife it's just it's like abundance, you know, every, yeah. every, like you just go for a normal swim in the morning. There's like three turtles next to you and you're like, whoa, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It do, and like the iguana, the marine iguanas, uh, iguanas yeah. as well. Yeah. They're everywhere. It's, and it's, I I can't wait to see some um, blue footed boobies. <laughs> I know. They're super cool. Oh, and I'm all the so- other, there's all different kinds of birds with like different colors and yeah, it's a phenomenal place for wildlife. Yeah, I've heard it's really just a place that there's like so much unique and rare wildlife that you really can't find in many other places of the world. Mm-hmm. So it's just a nature lover's paradise, it seems. Amazing. So if people are listening, they could have a look at your tour. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it'll go uh, It'll go live on Monday, which what day is that? Um, so it'll be the 23rd. The 23rd is when people can start booking. Super. Do you have a max capacity for people or? 15 people. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Good. So. And um, some of your journeys in Southeast Asia, what were your highlights over there? Oof. I think my biggest highlight was Indonesia. Definitely. That was a place that like I had on my vision boards like years and years ago. I've always wanted to go there and it absolutely lived up to the hype I think in in every single way I even on Bali you know it's very touristy there but I still loved every minute of being there Mm. um just the rice fields that you come across are just so green and so beautiful Mm. um temples everywhere amazing waterfalls and hikes that you can go on it's just there's so much there to see in this small island Mm. that you could really spend like a month there and still mm-hmm. not really have scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I think one of my, one of my biggest highlights or self accomplishments that I had while, while I was in Indonesia was climbing Mount Ranjani, which is Indonesia's second highest volcano. And it was, it was the hardest hike that I've ever done in my life. Um, and it was a sunrise hike. So we, we, um, it was two days and we hiked all the way up to the base camp the first night, spent the night. And then at 2 a.m. woke up to uh, get to the summit before sunrise. And it was like I was dead for like two weeks after that. <laughs> but it, the views were just incredible. It was amazing. And for you traveling alone, um, like where do you get your bravery from? Well, it was honestly kind of 
like I was forced into a situation basically like um for instance I had met a friend before I went to um Mexico and so him and I were kind of talking we're like oh we'll go down there together and so I kind of had a friend to go with me there and then and then I met someone else in Mexico that we went to Sardinia together mm-hmm. and then I was planning that we were planning to go to Thailand and then me and this person split ways. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, now I have to go alone. And so it really kind of forced me to get to, to stop clinging on to someone. Yeah. yeah. Just really get out um, and travel by myself. And then once you are kind of out, it, it's just, it's so easy to meet people and like other travelers that are kind of having the same plans as you, yeah. you kind of then form like little travel groups, mini travel groups around. So it was a lot of fun. And so. have you had, um, obviously the good outweighs the, sh- like you do encounter obviously difficulties, but the good always outweighs, doesn't it? Yes, it absolutely does. Like I was, I was at, when I first got to Thailand, I was just very scared and didn't think I could do it by myself. And so I was thinking about coming home. Um, but then the dive season started and I kind of got into a little routine with a with a dive shop and was working every day and was making friends at the dive shop and then just started kind of, I guess, my fear kind of went away. And I just got really excited for the next, the next big, um, adventure. So, uh, then traveling backpacking all throughout Southeast Asia. Um, and there were definitely some really, really hard times where I felt lonely, like I couldn't do it anymore and wanted to go home, but it's like the, the self growth that I've experienced in the last two years has been like, just crazy. It's, I feel like I can, I'm a completely different person now as to when I first left. And so it was just, it was really great. I'm really happy that everything happened the way that it did. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an acorn just bursting out of the shell and just grows so much because you've no more comfort. You're just in discomfort. You're like, Oh, I'm alone. Oh, I have to look at a map. Oh, I have to find my way. Oh my God. I don't speak Spanish. Oh my God. I don't speak. I can, you know, whatever other language. Exactly. So much inner development has to happen for you to survive yes absolutely and and now now that I've gone through all of that I'm like okay I actually prefer traveling alone I really like (laughs) being able to just go wherever I want whenever I want if I don't want to do a single thing one day I just want to lay in bed eat my snacks watch Mm -hmm. my tv shows I can do that I can do that one day and not really feel guilty for holding someone else back yeah. So I I love traveling alone now. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It is funny as you like start. You're like, oh, I don't like. I should go with somebody, and then when you start trying it out, you're like, oh, and then you become like a pro. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, exactly. And it just takes it. It does take a lot of discomfort and getting out of getting out of your comfort zone. But it's like if if you push through it, like the the results on the other side will be amazing yeah wow and how are your family at home there would they want you to stay or are they happy for you to lead the lifestyle you do I think I think they've they've finally accepted that this is just who I am 
And uh, like at the beginning, when I first left, they were just like, what, what do you mean? You just went through eight years of school and are now not going to do anything with your degree right now. And you're just going to travel. And I was like, yeah, there was that little, like my parents were kind of scared because they didn't know what my future looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, But now they see, I think they've seen the personal growth in me as well. And they, they see how good this was for me. And so now they've accepted and they're like, yeah, like you, you should continue basically. And Mm -hmm. so they're very, very happy with all my travels now. They're excited for me. Oh, that's amazing. And what could you have done out of that degree? Um, I could have just worked, I could have worked as an audiologist. And so that's typically a, um, like a nine to five office job, um, where I just, um, sell hearing aids to people and people with cochlear implants, just people who are hard of hearing I would work with. So yeah, I'd, um, that all started because my brother is hard of hearing. And so I kind of grew up in this area already. So yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's on pause for now, right? it is a career that I can go back to really at any time, which is very comforting to me kind of to have a backup plan. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to kind of ride this wave as long as I can and then, and then go back to audiology. It's mad, like, because obviously our parents' generation are so used to, like, something normal and structured and predictable. And, like, for the first couple of years with, like, me, like, my mom used to be like, when are you going to be a teacher? Are you going to be a teacher yet? And I'm like, no, that's not my path. Stop putting me in the teacher role. So, like, now I'm teaching outdoors and I'm like, I am teaching, but I'm teaching my way. You know, I'm not, I'm making the curriculum, you know. But it's just like sometimes very hard for them to understand. Yes. And yep, um, yeah, so it's like trying to educate them that it can work and lives are different now. And they have to be different because right. obviously the way we were working didn't really serve us either, you know. Right. Yep, exactly. I just feel like because right now being a being a content creator, it is very very time consuming um where like w- kind of what you see on instagram is really only like 10 percent of the time <laughs> the rest of the time is really kind of working behind a computer creating all these things reaching out to people and emails all that kind of stuff and so it's it's a lot of work but if i can you know live somewhere different and go explore a new country like one day a week then that's already super worth it to me yeah. because yeah. back home working my office job is I, I, you know, in the United States, we only get like max two weeks of paid vacation each year. And so I was like, that's just, that sounds horrible. That sounds, that sounds so much worse. Mm. <laughs> you have more, t- a little bit more time, more free time, I guess, if I worked a nine to five. Um, but I would prefer this, this lifestyle mm. 10 out of 10 times. And they always say that thing in psychology with distance, we see clarity. And it's mm-hmm. like, I remember working in corporation, they only give you so much time so that you actually can't see very clear what's actually your life is like. Whereas yeah. when you distance from things, you're like, oh, wait, maybe that doesn't actually serve or suit me, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had like this 
while I was working, I had like this epiphany that was like, why am I, why am I spending all of my time working at this place that I don't like just to earn money so that I can travel for two weeks out of the year to places where I actually want to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's just, it, it kind of clicked in my brain then. And I was like, okay, I've, I've got to do something different. I need to yeah. get out and figure out how to work remotely. Absolutely. And I was just going to come back to the sharks again about, um, you were saying about reasons not to fear them. Yes. I think they, they're very, very misunderstood. And also there's only like, there's hundreds and hundreds of shark species. Only like maybe three or four have been seen to be dangerous to humans. So most sharks are not dangerous to us whatsoever. Um, Also, it's like the shark attacks that do happen usually could have been avoided. For instance, like many people go swimming in water that um, like maybe there's some fishermen nearby. And so like if there's the scent of dead fish in the water, that is automatically going to be attracting sharks and will um, it will kind of dull their senses I guess and so they're more easy they're more easily to make a mistake um most shark attacks do happen on the surface of the water so like swimmers um surfers people who you know do do water sports on the surface because from underneath it does look like a seal or like they're they're normal prey mm-hmm. um and so that's why that they that happens on the surface. Scuba divers, however, you go down, you're in their zone. They really don't see you as a food source. And they, they're kind of just curious and to check you out what you are. Um, but they're not aggressive. And so yes. scuba diving with sharks is actually quite safe. So, yeah. Yes. So that's a message not reading like one, two, three, but. Yeah, that's a message to everybody that they can scuba dive. I have another friend now; she's obsessed with sharks. <laughs> um, I think she was it South Africa. She went to for the Great Whites. Oh, cage diving with the Great Whites. Yeah. Yep. That's, Have you that's done it or is on your list? I prefer. I I'm crazy and would prefer to just not there not be a cage at all. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. really want to experience like can a you great do that? Wild. No, no tour operator actually goes swimming with great whites without a cage. You kind of just have to happen upon a great white. So, <laughs> oh my goodness me! There's no way I can plan for this. I just have to keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> Would you be up for it? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. If there was a tour company that that did this, I would have found them by now, and I would be there. <laughs> Why don't you be it? Why that's your next business? Yeah, but um, and would you have any fear of them? Would you be? No, it's weird. Like um, ever since learning about them, you learn kind of about their behavior. And so I've learned, I've taken a lot of courses on sharks to learn like, okay, if they do this maneuver here, this is like a territorial move. And so you should kind of respect them and, and go away basically. Um. Sorry, my friend. Hello, mom. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. I lost my train of thought. What was I? Their maneuver. So they're oh, not yeah, dangerous. They're... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you can learn, you can learn so much about their, their behaviors. And so you can kind of read that. Yeah. And that also gives me some comfort knowing kind of what they're thinking. Yeah. And um, yeah. So I honestly feel very, very at peace whenever I'm swimming with sharks. It's, it's like the most peaceful mm. dives I could, I go on is the ones with, where there's going to be sharks present. And have you been, have you had like um, a group of them around you and what type that was? Yeah. So yeah, well, while I was in Mexico, um, I had like one day off a week and every, every day off, I would then go diving with the bull sharks. And so I went down, you go down to about 30 meters and you kind of just sit on the sand and they kind of all circle around just because they're very curious of what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there was like, I think on one dive, I encountered like eight bull sharks wow. that were kind of just swimming around at the bottom there. Wow. And it was so cool. Like not a single ounce of fear was in me i was just like wow these are just beautiful and very capable predators that i'm just like i'm just swimming with just Mm. so peacefully yeah wow and do you prefer have you done free diving which do you prefer i i have gotten into free diving as well um i haven't been in a place where free diving is like super easily accessible where i could just go out and do it whenever i wanted um but i do want to get into that more because i think i maybe would like it a bit better um yeah just because it's you know it it's so easy you just kind of go in hold your breath and then you're just with the marine life mm. I guess without like all this fancy equipment, things like that. Yeah. It'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if people were to find out more about you or more of your stories or like, where could they find you? Um, yeah. So I'm primarily on Instagram. I'm really trying to branch out into TikTok, <laughs> but it's, it's been kind of a, challenge posting on multiple platforms um so yeah my my name though on all all social media is adventuring with claire um i do have more long form videos on youtube of some of my travels i need to get back into that and get a little bit more out but i do have quite a few videos on youtube as well and do you offer like services or just the trips for now just the trips for now, but I'm thinking once I get a little bit more experience in like um, working remotely, working online, then I will branch into helping others do the same. So that's that's on my radar for yeah. things to come. Super. And then if people were to go diving, so are you a teacher now? Like, do you get people on their first cert or what, yep. what level? Yep. So I can take I can take someone who's never gone diving out before um who wants to try it out and so I can do that I can do certifications so I'm thinking also at least for people in the states um maybe I could plan a group trip or something where we do just scuba certifications so great great stuff thank you for coming on today yeah thank you so much for having me I've loved I love chatting about this (laughs) yeah sharks so um folks thanks for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode give it a share if you have any questions about sharks you can get on to claire or you want to go to the galapagos um and thank you to 
the patrons who support the podcast and my mission with nature and the bees. And I will chat to you all very soon. And if you can support, go on to patreon.com slash catch Ciao. Bye.